0: I've lived in Loch Ness, you know, the shores of Loch all my life. I go out there with the dog for a walk, and it's never, you know, come back. Over the last, let's say, ten years ago, five years ago, always was a murky colour because of the amount of crap that's pumped into it. This day, the water was crystal clear, and a week later, then there was there was there was these rafts of algae, two foot in diameters, floating about, and uh, from then on, it just it just it just get got worse and
1: It will take 20 years to clean this lake if we start this year. So there is no quick fix. But if we don't, then the situation will go from hypertrophic to, well, basically, you've just got a septic tank with an open, open lid. Hello and welcome to the Island on the Fly
2: podcast about the people and places of fly fishing in Ireland. You may have seen the disgraceful stories in recent weeks about the terrible pollution of Loch that has been occurring unabated and which has been poisonous for humans and animals since May. Loch Ney is the largest freshwater lake in Ireland, or the UK, and due to an overload of nutrients, with agriculture mainly responsible, scientists are saying it could take 20 to 30 years for the lake to recover. On this week's episode, we find out how this was allowed to happen, how it can be stopped, and what it has meant for local anglers as well as local communities around the lake. I'm delighted to say we're joined by Dr Les Goral, who did his PhD on aerobic digestion and worked with Professor Brian Wood on Loch Ney. And also by Seamus Donnelly, who's secretary of the Moyola Angling Club, um, the Moyola River, which flows into Loch Ness. And while Loch Ness would not be known for its angling, Seamus has caught fish on it, fly fishing from a drifting boat. And Les, you might first give us an overview of the size and importance of Loch Ness on the island of Ireland.
1: Loch Ness is is um, by far and away the biggest uh, freshwater uh, lake in in, uh, in Ireland, and in fact, in um, uh in the uk it's the biggest uh, um and in, in european european terms it's about the 33rd largest body of water inland uh it's of international uh importance um it, it really feeds the uh migrating birds from uh greenland and from canada there's there's geese coming in from canada uh the, there are birds coming in from Scandinavia. The uh, the real stars of the show, though, are um, swifts from South Africa, and they will fatten up on the coronamid uh, uh, flies here. They take them on the wing, um, and when they're uh, uh, migrating back to South Africa, they don't land. Their entire um, flight from here to South Africa. Uh, is um fueled by uh, uh the the coronamid flies uh at lotchney it's a Ramsar site it's a site of um special scientific interest uh, uh the surface area is a fraction under 400 square kilometers and the catchment uh consists of Um, several very large rivers, uh, the Moyola, Maine, uh, the Blackwater. The main uh, river uh, um, coming into the south side is uh, is the River Ban, of course, Uh, the upper ban that flows through the lock. And in a sense, the lock could be regarded as the floodplain of the River Ban and it exits through the lower ban into the ocean um just outside colrain uh, near castle rock um in terms of um uh, uh bird life uh it has uh it's spectacular in terms of uh fish life uh it not only has the uh the dollar and trout and um Uh, is the, if you like, the conduit for salmon, uh, for breeding purposes. Um, But it also has a unique fish uh, in the pollen. And the pollen is uh, sometimes described as a uh, a freshwater herring that perhaps was stranded at the last ice age. We don't really know. Um, uh, And of course, the biggest eel fishery in Europe uh, for the European eel uh, is based at Tunbridge, and uh, it supports uh, 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 commercial fishing for uh, perch and roach, which are, I think, introduced species. But um, but mainly for uh, uh, these uh, the, the, these wonderful eels, which have a great uh, uh, gastronomic following in Europe. They do certainly. God, when you put it in terms like that, it just goes to show. I mean,
2: just not even the fish side, but like the bird side and everything. It's a phenomenal, it's a phenomenal piece of water, and it's it's very important, very important, not just to the fish and, as you say, the bird. But okay, so in, uh, not to go too scientific, but can you tell us what's gone wrong? What's up with it? what's wrong at the moment with it?
1: Well, um, Northern Ireland is uh, ha- has a, uh, um, a a very significant agricultural. Uh, in industry, we have a population of 1.9 million, and at the moment, uh, we feed the protein, um, we produce the protein uh, for um, 10 million people. So we're almost two million people feeding 10 million people. Now that's an enormous amount of um, uh, uh, activity. The biggest activity, of course, is, uh, is cattle uh we have pigs we have poultry um we have um uh, uh s- some other minor uh an- uh uh an- animals but the uh by far the biggest um uh, uh, uh livestock mass um as a kind of body weight uh is uh, is cattle and these cattle are producing about 16400 tons of phosphorus a year, which goes into the soil. The soil has now become overloaded. And so whatever goes into the soil generally leaves the soil. And where it leaves uh, is in the uh, uh, drainage ditches, which run down to the tributaries of the Loch Ness. And the phosphorus ends up in Loch Ness. The problem with that is that algae... Um, are very tiny little wonderful um, organisms that uh, actually created the, uh, the the Earth's atmosphere um, they fix um, nitrogen from the atmosphere uh, they're special within the uh, great history of um, uh, our water and atmosphere connections over the over the um, millions of years. And uh, a particular uh, algae called microcystis produces a liver toxin of incredible strength called microcystin. And this year, 2023, we had a bloom. And a bloom means a massive, almost uncontrolled uh, growth of uh, these blue-green algae, uh, which are toxic. Um, to the point where if, he, if a dog went in for a, uh, to catch a ball um, and then came back out, licked its fur, there's a very good chance that it would be dead in 24 hours. It's harmful to uh, humans. It's um, a skin irritant. Um, it It's an eye irritant. It, it produces uh, hydrogen sulfide as a respiration gas uh, uh, in the life cycle of the algae and um hydrogen sulfide is one of the most toxic gases uh, known to humans uh, when uh, hydrogen sulfide is breathed into the body it it uh, loses um an ion it becomes hs minus and that has the same toxicity as cyanide so this is a really unpleasant um uh uh, uh set of circumstances Um, The bottom line is the pollution from sewage, septic tanks, and uh, agriculture uh, has accumulated so much in the lake that the the eutrophic status uh, of the lake since the year 2000 has gone off the red scale. It's now known as a hypertrophic or uh, hyper-eutrophic lake. Uh, There are very few lakes that are Um, In this condition, it's extremely highly polluted. And we think it's got there because there has been a dash for growth in the agricultural industry and they grew the amount of food being imported into the country. They grew the amount of cattle and pigs and poultry, but they didn't grow the surface area of land on which to spread the slurry at the same time. And ergo that's the reason we have the
2: problem. But yeah. Uh, Seamus, I will bring you in now, uh, just after hearing that there. Like Seamus, you're at the, the Moyola Anglers. Um, how have you seen these problems in your locality or around the lake or,
0: or the river? Well, Tom, for the first time, I, I live about six six miles away from Loch Nye, and we have always looked looked at you guys and Corb and Mask you know, with with envy and shielding and saying, you know you guys down there are fit to go out and fish for your brown trout and, and, and the locks, and we could never do that because we're always told the locks are that dirty, they won't see flies, they won't, they won't see this and that. It has has been tried before, um, different you know, various different people have caught you know, without trying to, to catch tr- Dolham. but the, the main thing was that you know the, the lock was that dirty they couldn't get them, but for some reason. Well, we know the reason now, the, the zebra mussels, over the last couple of years, the lock is starting to clear. And um, we I'd heard reports of uh, a few guys out uh, trolling, um, the rapalas uh, up up and down the shores of, of Bally near us, and getting results. And a guy in our fishing club s- s- told me, you know, I was out fly fishing and caught a couple of dolphin. And I thought, no, no, he didn't. <laughs> and I thought, he, and then he sent me photographs, and I thought, no, this, this can't be true. So I said to, to, my, to my, my my friend I fished with, I, I said, we'll take the boat up, and we'll take, take Ronan up with us, and we'll, we'll give us a go. And we're sort of reluctant to do it, but Ronan agreed, and he says, uh, come on, we'll up. So we're up on the end of May, Tom, and ter- worst conditions, bright sunshine, <laughs> uh, no no breeze, and we end up on up to up, up, up above, well not say the location because he doesn't want to he wouldn't want me to tell you exactly where what put the boot on. But um, I
2: just, I'll just i just put a big beep in the background, but you can tell it to me <laughs> later. Okay, it's, it's okay. Your secret's safe with me, Seamus. Don't worry. Not a so, soul.
0: We 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 put the boot on Tom and um we, 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 we end out I look I, to be honest, I I says we'll wait here for a couple of hours, we will give us a run just to say we've done it. That's it. it was the save we've out here and, and done it. So we shogged out, out of the bay, and within 30 seconds, I heard a splash behind me. I looked back, and there was this big ring, and I said, jeez, the tree just rose behind us. <laughs> and uh, so it's all right. Five minutes later, there, I saw this, this fish head and tail in front of me. And I said, do you see that? Do you see that? And your man, he said to me, oh, they're on today. So he was rubbing his hands, and... Um, we could see the clarity of the water. And I, like I looked and I thought, this water's crystal clear here. Um, so we fished, I'd say, probably 45 minutes. Um, I, put on, I put on a humongous. And because uh, he, you hear, uh, I've listened to enough of your podcast.
2: Listen to the podcast. <laughs> I'm not I'm not going to call you a purist. It's okay. <laughs> All right, it's okay. So um,
0: I've been doing it quite well in humongous uh, this year in different different places. So I said, him, I put on a humongous and uh, I put on another big big black lure which was called a badger matuka, uh, one of Davy McFields. Uh, one I got off his his website a while back, and again it works good for the stockies and that over the, over the winter. So I put it on the dropper um, fishing away. And next thing, bang! I, I was into this fish. I said, Jesus, I'm in a fish. Rod bent over, Tom. Dolphin on the river. The dolphin on the river won't give you a serious fight. You know, um nothing. Like a, a wild brown trout at two pound will give you a lot better fight than a, than a than a dolphin at two pound. Um, but this boy took off. Rod bent over and I could see him. He was d- down, you know, six, seven foot into the water. I could see him crystal clear and got the fish in and couldn't believe it. I think like, we, we got a fish. You know, we've got a fish. You know, it's true. And first thing see in my head was this could be on this could be unreal. You know, I you know, I, I need more of this. So um that's all right. We fished on a bit, and then it was getting near the time I had to get back home because i promised to do something later on that evening. But we were chugging back in again and we fired the flies out the side of the boat. And my mate Tommy, next thing he he hooked the fish and the boat was moving quite fast. You know, at this this point he hooked the face probably around the same same uh size, lovely, lovely dolphin. He had a great fight with it, and then we were just I says, I, I'll i try this too. So I threw out threw out the the uh Harley Pierce by the way, definitely not the kind of thing to <laughs> control the yeah. flies that the Pierce would, would would look down on us. So I caught a I caught a second one, same same size. Ah, yeah. yeah. And uh like really, really we were on the water, Tom, two and a half, three hours, and um uh, back in again. On the way home, I just I just said to myself, I need we need a 19 foot boat. You know, I need to buy a 19 foot boat. I need a 50 horsepower engine. And this thing is through my head. I'm gonna have to buy this. This this could be this is un- unbelievable. So the following morning, I actually um, rang the guy in Meal um, who's uh, the business development officer, and I, I used to work with him. And I t- I, I give him buzz. And I says, look, we're sit up with you here. I was out in the lock yesterday. I said I caught we caught three dolphins. Just letting you know that it's there. You understand what you have on, the, on your doorstep here. Um, I just uh, uh, we put the fish back, by the way. And he, he said to me, "Look, we we know this is going on. We, you know, we, we do know this is happening." Um, he said, "There's no problem with you going out there. I know you're a genuine angler. You put the fish back. There's no problem. We probably will look at you know, maybe the next year, the following year with you know a license for, for for doing this sort of stuff." So he he said. Uh, but um, I just thought, you know, this, this could be massive. So two nights later, we went back out again uh, with a different fella. And out, I'd say no less than an hour. He didn't want to go out, but he's, he's a good friend of mine. And I says, you have to come out. You have to come out and see this here. So we went out, Tom, um, and I'd say we are maximum out, out on the water an hour and a half. And there's three of us in the boat. Two of us turned to trout each. And your man who didn't want to come out, and he told, he scolded me, cursed me up and down. What, what are you out here for? Just a bright sunshine, there's, there's, there's no breeze, there's nothing. He hooked one now, he had him on for about 10 seconds. And then he, it's, like, it's like that sort of feeling you know yourself whenever you, you have a guest out in a boat and they're thinking, uh, Nothing happened here, nothing happened here. Next thing, bang! And his whole face, yeah. expression just tells you, you know, this, is, this is fantastic. So, um, the following week, then, Tom, I got permission to, to explore the, the northern shore of Loch Nay. Uh, because these, these 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 trout were we found out that the the best place to get them was over four to twenty foot of water over rock. That's that's where so I had acquired a map of Loch Ney, a rough map of someone drawn. I highlighted all the places of rock and everything, sought permission to get into a quay up on the up on the northern shore, and myself and my, my boat partner Tommy went down just, just to investigate it. But as we came out of the quay, I could see all this green stuff. That's a week later. A, you know maybe two foot rafts of of uh we says that's algae where does that come from and even in the baby around we it was quite a lot of growing um we end up staying for an hour didn't even fish out much because every time you're you're, you're pulling the flies back in your you're bitten pulling me piece of algae in
2: yeah
1: you it you be can't out. fish through us yeah
0: so that was probably the first week in june
1: mm-hmm.
0: the following week after that that's whenever the whole thing started really getting getting worse
2: and worse and that was the end of of the fishing for us, and th- that was this year. So that was this year. You caught them this year, but like, it's a pity because. And when you caught the first couple of fish, the water was actually quite clear that day, was it? Oh,
0: fantastic! I mean, we could crystal clear. Within, uh, it, within what
2: what could what depth could you see to? With, I could North
0: see. Some, it's, it's like, it was like Shilling, you know. Yeah. I had once, and I, I, you know, I was. Where told it's clear. Yeah. Clear. That's how clear it was. Um yeah. Now. I, I've lived in Loughnay, you know, the shores of Loughnay all my life. I go out there with the dog for a walk, and it's never, you know, come back over the last, let's say, 10 years ago, five years ago, it's always a murky colour, you know. Mm. It always was a murky colour because of the amount of crap that's pumped into it. But uh, this this day, the water was crystal clear. And a week later oh. then, there was there was, there was these rafts of algae, two foot in diameters floating about. The foam yeah. again, it just got bigger and bigger. And uh, from then on, it just it just it just got, it got worse. and. Back to what Les is saying, there.
2: No, good that you got it. And good actually well, that you, when you saw Sheelan clear as well, because I have been on, I've been on Sheelan when it's been clear and I've been on Sheelan when unfortunately there's been an algal bloom on it as well. So it's not completely clear, but at least you got to see it when it was clear. But Seamus, would you would you just tell people that wouldn't know? I mean, to be honest here, people that see Loch Nave from down here and they think, oh, you'd be fishing it, but that's not how you get the hand there. You wait for them to run your rivers. Is that what you do?
0: Yeah. So um I'm I'm a secretary of the Moyola River. Uh we have a club with five hundred members. We have uh twenty seven miles of, of water. Um so we have a pretty good brown trout fishing, you know, re- really good brown trout trout fishing. But the fun for Lochney rivers, which you know, the, the big rivers run into Lochney, you know, the boundary the Mayola, the Maine, the Six Mile, the, the 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 Blackwater, um, the the, the Glenavy, um, they the fun starts from them, sort of mid June, and next thing the, the first flood, early June, mid June, first flood, the guys are out, out after the dolphin. So basically, it's, 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 fishing, it's, it's yeah, a sea trout fishing town. that's what fishing.
2: it's like, isn't it? Is not its they you know, it's like Loch Ness is the sea for them. Yeah, and they yeah. return there to feed, and then they just start running from. Well, mid June is it?
0: Yeah. Well, I got uh, last year. I got my first dolphin on the fourth of June. Um, right. Quite away up the river at night. Now, night night fishing is is uh, 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 fantastic. You know, a lot, you can catch them during the day on a salmon fly or a big trout fly. Um, the guys are now on the six mile. There's guys there like, like uh, Michael McWiggin, Derek Bell, who are adapting now with the the, the nymphing. You know, they yeah. the, the 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 pimp and and, and, and nymphs. They're fantastic at that. I just haven't got onto that yet. That's my, that's my goal for next year. Um some of the guys in our river are at it and been quite successful. Um, but you can fly fish for them, spin for them, you know, worm for them. But uh yeah. the unlike unlike sea trout, like sea trout normally the the big sea trout run the rivers first of all, and then the smaller ones come later on. Or Dolphin might be do the other way around. So you'll get the the, the, the wee the wee shiny boys um with the, three quarters of a pound to a pound and a half. They're wicked. You know, we hook them wee boys. They're they're pure sea trout. They're just uh, bright silver, and they're wicked. Great, great wee fighters. They 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 come first, and they know a odd decent sized fish, and and then as the season goes on, you know the the, the bigger ones, sh- you know, follow on. They can go big, can't they? Oh, absolutely. Um, the the biggest one I saw so far on our river this year uh, was thirteen pound. Yeah, uh, uh, thirteen pound. Wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We uh, if if you if you if you Google Dolhan and hit images, probably I think it's now the third or fourth photo across is my brother-in-law, Peter Walls, who caught a, a fantastic Dolhan uh with 10, to a quarter pound on, on a, wee, a wee size 12 shrimp fly quite a few years ago um in Castle Dos. But that that was the most beautiful. I, I just happened to come along, got a lovely photograph of it before he put it back. Um so uh fantastic looking 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 beast of a of a, of a fish. Um on the six mile, you the guys are getting really big fish, you know. Derek Bell there has got some fish up, up to twenty pound at night. You know, uh they they seem to come later on in the season. Um but this year, to be honest, this year on the Mayola, we haven't had a great season.
2: Have you noticed, let's say, as the lake is becoming more as as Les said, they're hypertrophic now. Have you noticed a drop in the the numbers or and I'll get back onto Les about this. Maybe, maybe that won't happen straight away. But have you noticed a drop in the numbers this year of Donahan?
0: Yes, big time. Yeah, right. Now, is it the fault of the of the algae? I don't know, because um, this year we have you know I, I spoke to quite a few few of our lads and they're 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 not doing great. Um, maybe half of what they got last year. Um, I spoke to lads from the the, the River Main there last week stevie munn text stevie stevie says terrible um tax guys in a six mile you know some of them saying terrible some of them saying a good a good run you know but I, I suppose it depends um the people who put more effort in and in, into you know who are able to go during the day unfortunately i have a, I have a, a thing called work which which <laughs> which stops me from 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 getting out as much as i want to get out.
2: Um, it's a four letter word, Seamus.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is it is so um, uh, yeah. so but what, what they're all saying is um that the big fish that we should be getting late August, you know, them big eight, nine, ten pound fish, they haven't appeared now, you right. know? They they haven't appeared and they uh, we've quite caught quite a few fish that are skinny. A lot of people are reporting skinnier skinnier fish this year. You know, a, a dolphin is a well made up fish. You know, they they put on a lot of weight in, in the lock even after a year, you know, two years. So they plenty of feeding for them in the lock. So, uh, but a lot of lot of guys reporting that they they are they, getting skinny skinny trout this year.
2: If you're a fly tire I want to get into fly tang, then this is for you. Ireland on the fly have teamed up with Fulling Mill to give away a box of fly tang materials with free shipping for one lucky listener each week. With more than 1400 products to choose from, each perfectly packed by hand, their new range of flight time material warrants closer inspection. The range of dubbing materials is comprehensive to cover whatever you want to dress, from tiny dries to saltwater streamers. It is all there for you with some great UV mixes as well. From the individually preened marabou feathers to the top secret treatment applied to their new ultra dry yarn, the whole range is packed with standout new products all generously served up for your benefit in a neat array of colours and sizes. From Zonkers to CDC, Bucktail to Deerbelly, they've done a fantastic job. So, to be in with a chance of winning a £50 worth of material, just answer the following question. Name one of the feeder rivers on Loch Ness. Email your answer to info at irelandonthefly.com and we'll announce the winner on next week's show. And congrats to Brendan Hamrock, who was last week's winner. Congrats, Brendan, and we'll be in touch. Les, if I can go back to you. I don't want to be uh, the doom merchant, but is it possible that
1: could the lake be killed with this? There's no doubt about it. You mentioned Loch Shielin. Uh When hmm. I was a young student, I went down to Loch Sheelan with the pig industry uh, pumping uh, pig slurry into the uh, in, in, into the tributaries of, of, of Loch Sheelan and uh i went into the uh, cafes where they were showing the uh uh the prize fish there was 120,000 um uh, prize trout in that in 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 Lok that
2: was the survey at the time i remember yeah
1: yeah industry just about wiped it out and um mm. uh the the government uh uh got straight onto it um well uh, perhaps a little late um uh, but they uh put twenty million gallons of pig slurry a year into trucks and moved it out of the catchment area and took the load off the lake and um then there was a, a concentrated effort uh to re- to to uh, improve the the water quality and that seems to have worked and then there was a restocking exercise and now there's some some kind of um if you uh, lock, lock shield and normality, if you, if you will. Um, Yeah. uh, uh, And and, um, uh, uh, common sense has been restored. And some of the big units have closed down now, of course, you know, Um, with Loch Ness, we've got a, we've got two problems. One of the problems is the amount of phosphorus going into the uh, lake. But the other problem is for 20 years, we've lost sight of all the ma- manure uh, lining the, uh, the bed of the lake. And now uh, the, the latest research, um, and it, it, it's somewhat out of date, it's 34 years of research uh, of data, um, uh, which was mainly um, acquired by the freshwater lab at uh, Trad Point. But unfortunately, that closed 20 years ago so there's uh, oh, right. uh there's, a, there's a, we've so been there's bl- 20 years missing now we've been blinded we have no data and and it, it's really uh, um it's really critical this because uh, uh now we've got this invasive species the, the uh the the mussel uh, the zebra mussel um but how 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 did it um uh look in say 1981 the the, the the lock was getting cloudier and cloudier. Uh, uh, it was really uh, uh, difficult to see um, anything beyond a few inches into the water column. You worked on the lock, didn't you, around then with Professor yeah, uh, Brian well, Wood, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I worked in uh, the Freshwater Laboratory from 1981, and I published my PhD thesis in 1990. And my job was not... Uh, um, to study the lake as such. My colleagues did that. Uh, my job was to solve the problem, which was how do we remove phosphorus from agricultural effluents? And we did that by um, building an anaerobic digester at the monastery at Port Gamone, um, uh the Bethlehem Abbey uh, digester. And we proved there that uh, if you digest the slurry and then uh, separate it, that 71% of the phosphorus uh, ends up in a little pile of cake uh, and the liquor uh, it on- only has a, a small fraction of the phosphorus. Um, so you can then, uh, as we did in, in Bethlehem, Abbey, we sold this cake um, as a dungstead to be used instead of dung. And uh, <laughs> it, uh, it was a sellout product. Uh, it, it, it just did wonderful things in the garden gardens. It was a peat substitute. And we can do that now. And actually, there are 60 anaerobic digesters in Northern Ireland uh, doing that. But uh, this is a big problem because what this, the, re- the recent research showed was Um, If we were to remove, say, two units of phosphorus out of the lake, uh, we wouldn't get a response in the lake water of two units worth of uh, reduction because one unit is coming out of the bed of the lake because it's accumulated for the last 20 years. Well, the bottom line is uh, it will take 20 years to clean this lake if we start this year. So there is no quick fix, but if we don't start uh, uh, start this uh, process of reducing um phosphorus and nitrates into the in, in into LochNay, um then the situation will go from hypertrophic to well, basically you've just got a septic tank with an open open lid. And it'll and and, and each each year. There is a um, a kind of lottery. It's a bit like Russian roulette, really. you know if you've got one phosphorus unit in your in your uh, um, uh revolver, you know you can spin the chamber and there's a pretty good chance you won't get a bloom of algae. Well we've got eight uh, nice. units in the revolver, and there's only two two spare slots. And that's what creates this uh dangerous situation of um well we're playing Russian roulette with with the lock right now and this year uh a number of observations one the chironomid flies crashed the population has just crashed everybody's noticed it the um uh the uh uh, uh the algae obviously um developed in places till it was like mashed potato green emerald green mashed potato three or four inches thick maybe more um so this is not conducive to uh any uh of of the microorganisms that are living in the lake now it's not just big fish big fish eat little fish little fish mm. things like daphnia uh the water and mysis and uh uh, uh gamarus, the 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 little shrimp um and and uh um these smaller organisms are the ones that are uh, oxygen sensitive and one of the problems is, is is we are now in the situation where um uh the the algae which is an enormous biomass i mean you can see it from satellites the whole lock is is streak green and uh all of that biomass will die it's started to die now we can see it the water is clearing um around Ballyronan it's still being surface algae are still being pushed up into toonbridge for instance but uh, that's just a wind direction thing um the 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 big mass of algae is settling down to the bed of the lock, and then it will die and then it will cons- the the bacteria that eat that algae as it rots will consume oxygen, and you'll get an anoxic layer on the bottom of the lake. Now that's where all the bloodworms are. That's your fish food. And so there are. Um, if the freshwater laboratory existed now, there would be a boat going out every week testing the lock at this critical time. Uh, but we don't have a laboratory, I'm afraid. Um, and uh, we do have um, the Loch Partnership and they have a patrol boat. But uh, when the, the Freshwater Laboratory was alive, a boat full of students would go for 24 hours without sleep, sampling 114 kilometer perimeter of the lake from surface to depth and boxes and boxes of samples. Then they would be brought into the into the uh laboratory and they would be uh, analyzed. Uh the fish would be measured, the uh uh the the gill, uh you know, there's a bone for measuring the age of the fish, yeah. uh a, 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 you know, gills checked for parasites, all of that kind of stuff. And um a, and then detailed reports would be written. So there's like three weeks of solid work. For each of these um, uh, 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 surveys, and, and 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 a week to uh, a rest and recuperation, I guess.
2: I think just what you said, the whole thing there is just such a sobering thought. What you said, I mean, like just going on there. First of all, the, the research hasn't been done on it for twenty years from when it was done so diligently before. But also, is what you said there, the time scale, and that's only if things happen now. I think that's. Uh, I won't say it's um. I, I again. I just say it's a sobering thought. Uh, it has to be done now. I mean, Seamus, as an angler, like, and I'm an angler too. How do you feel when you hear all this? It's,
0: it's very sad. Uh, it's very sad. But Les was talking about the, the studies that was carried out on on the on the you know lock for for different things. But there's also a AfB. Um, well, the, uh, the AfB report on a, a baseline study of the fish population, <clears throat> which was produced in 2015, Tom. And um, they commissioned a report, and there was a, a PhD student, Kevin Keenan, um, did along with a Professor Prudol, uh Paulo Proudal, and they, they published a report in 2015, and they said that Loch the abundance of Loch Ness trout was phenomenal. Uh, but they, what they found out was that there was... Um, the, the lock is renowned for the occurrence of different types of trout, including dalhoun. So, uh, so it's a distinct large trout that appears unique to Loch Ne. But they are fit to, to map back to all the tri- all the, the the tributary rivers. And um, at, at at this time, we we on the Miola had a hatchery. Uh, up until about two thousand thirteen, we were producing maybe forty thousand dalhoun fry per year, maybe forty to fifty thousand salmon fry per year, but. Um, Whenever they, whenever Professor Proudal's uh report came out, um, what they found was that the genetics of these dolphin were right, not even to the, the river, that every tributary in the river. So we we could be lifting, you know, we, we could lifted 30 dolphins at a at a particular weir on our river, electrofishing, took them up with a hatchery, kept them there until it was time to, to strip them. But you know we we were lifting a, a, a cock dolphin and a hen dolphin. How do we know that they are supposed to be, you know, modern nature didn't put those two together. So, yeah, you know, the, the study showed us that, that these, we may have been lifting um, a cock dolphin from one tributary river and a hen dolphin from a different tributary river. And the, the science around it was, the genetics around it, like not even, you know, let's say a, 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 a fish was heading to the Six Mile River. Well, never never up the Six Mile River. And went off are we are we uh up a wee burn, and that they they found out that up this wee burn that the genetics of that those strain of dolphin were different from a a, a different wee tributary, you know. So, it was that that and also our, our chairman at the time, Philip McGuire, had been down in Scream um, Hatchery, and the, the guys down there were telling them they tried it with the sea trout, and it didn't it failed, you know. And he came back and back to us, and then whenever we found out, that, how do we know? We thought we we're doing so much good putting all these dolphins back into Loch but really, we, we
2: decided to close a hatchery in that nature, do its, its work? That's that's very interesting. And um, Darren and myself have been talking about that. We hope to hope do some hope to do a program on that uh, further down the line about hatcheries and you know what the scientific research has come up with, and hope to have a couple of people talking on it. But it's very interesting that you should say that that even within the Moyola, like uh, you said to me, there's. One of the tributaries is the Grange, is it, or what is it? Yeah, uh, yeah, and, and that and the Grange could have its own. And your your hatchery was, let's say, below where the Grange came in, oh, or, or hatchery uh, up in the headwaters. So um, oh yeah, so but it, you know you could be intercepting uh, different strains of Dolahan. Yeah, yeah, but it just goes to show what the, you know. I'm, it's back to Loch Ness again, and what a wonderful host it is to all these, you know, to the Dolahan. Yeah, and how important it is. You know, that yeah. these species have evolved, you know, since since the last ice age or whatever, have evolved to become as what we know them as, as the Dalhut and such a fantastic uh, resource and just wonderful part of nature. And um, this is the scary part. And this is why we're talking about it. What, what happen to Sonia, Tom, really is is the,
0: the invasive zebra mussels. You know, And mm. they're that, the reason that the, the water is clear. You know, I'm not going to say the water as 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 you know, but what they're, they're a filter feeder. They're they're taking in the dirty water, they're secreting something else yeah. which isn't good. You know, the water's clear because like Loch Ness now. Les mm-hmm. will probably tell you roughly. I don't know if you know how many zebra mussels we have, but they um they were talking to the commercial men. You know, I, I I have friends who are commercial fishermen, and the eel fishing in Loch Ness has you know gone. You know, still a few eel men, but really the eel fishing's gone. They um they what do they call the uh they're, they're telling us that the eels on, on Loch Ne are now emaciated. You no, know, so the feeding the feeding if, if this they want to get the, the eels, they've had to spread out now because there's no feeding for them anymore. Um possibly that's why we're getting skinny dolphins this year. Um, you know, and that's just it's just a sad, you know, the, when you see you see the the impact it's having on the commercial fishery. And they're going to have they now they're they're fishing for the for the, for the roach and the perch and you know as the, less there's a the pollen there right. and the but, pollen yeah yeah so um but no it, it I'm hoping it's not because the thing the thing about I just use Earth Club you know and you know you can say well what impact has the the, the dolphin uh, decline what, what if there's a dolphin decline what impact will have it in our, in our club so from a fishing point of view yeah it'll impact our fishing. We've got brown trout with a, a few salmon. Um, but our club in particular is a community. You know, and, and as we have a fantastic community. We're integrated into the community. We do so much. We give so much back into the community um, each year. You know, we, we run uh, cross-community events for kids. Oh, over the winter, we have a, we have our own wee Rainbow Lake, um, which we, we put on Rainbow Trout into it. We bring along, um, you know, last year we, we brought along the guys. And I know you talked about it there in um, one of your uh, previous podcasts uh, with Dennis Goulding, Dennis Manson, Joseph Owens, and Damien Devine, the guys from Frog. That's right, um, yeah, the lads. Those lads come down to us and helped us with these kids. You know, the fantastic outfit, and we're we're now running. Um, we're now allowing them then then our our, our uh, we lake over the winter to run a league of our uh, around of the, the the their their winter league, and they they bring on youth. For so the Irish team, I know you've talked a lot about the Irish youth team. So mm-hmm. these are the guys, some of the guys up, up, up around this area that, that are that are doing that. So um, we, you know, with, with their help, you know, there's a whole community-based club we have. And we, we do a lot of charity events. You know, we, so if the Dolphin decline, if the membership declines, everything we do. You know, last year we did a okay. competition and the England community really donated 30 fantastic prizes to our, our competition we raised 3500 pound for the Northern Ireland Air Ambulance, and that's that's just anglers. Brilliant, yeah. You know, so it's all that we do a lot of we, four or five charity competitions a year. That that if, if, if the dolphin decline and our anglers decide not not to bother coming along, we can't afford the rent. We rent the river, so we, we you know so what happens there? So uh, it's a whole community based uh, club that may just wonder the decline.
2: The whole knock on effect. I mean, you just said something there. I mean, that's just one example what could happen the knock-on effect and the good that you do let's say within the club for the youths for uh and across community uh things that you run and you know the knock-on effect of let's say losing your fishing the club will will suffer a lot it will never be as strong and a lot of these events that you run and and the monies that you raise will be lost so you know i mean i've often i've often said it here i mean uh local clubs can do and do can do but do do so much good for their communities, and uh, you know, get everybody involved. And you know, um, I, I can't speak too highly of other clubs all over Ireland and yeah, what they that's do. All, for the you
0: fishing. know, us all volunteers, you know, volunteer work, um, yeah, volunteers, fantastic. Over the winter time, whenever we're not fishing in the river, you know, you are sort of, for me anyway, I'm a loose end. I'm thinking to myself, what can I do? What can I do to help? You know, uh, and and they reach out to the local community and say, what can we do? We we also. <laughs> This is, this is yeah, we also run um, three duck races every year for for, pre- for <laughs> so the primary schools. Come, the primary yeah. schools come along. They sell they sell a thousand ducks to 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 all their the parents and that and the parents they come along at, and and we we they come on the river throw the ducks in. Our guys are standing at the bottom, bottom of a pool with with lamp nets and the first sea ducks come down <laughs> with three names on it, and they, they give it back to the school. The school then have prizes then for the kids. The kids love it. That, you know yeah, you absolutely. see the kids again. You know what we have we simple. That's things. Brilliant. And that's that's us connecting again there through schools with the youth, you know, and, and getting 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 that connection at an early age. Brilliant. That's great
2: to hear. That's great to hear. And you know what? It's it's nice to end up on uh, something positive now after that, after that, all we were talking about there. There's so much more I'd love to talk about. And maybe another time, Les. I'd love to talk a bit more about the anaerobic digesters, but that's for another evening, another time. Uh, I'm going to wrap it up here now, but li- listen, guys, every time we have somebody on the show for the first time, we do ask them a question. Now, Seamus, I'm definitely asking you, don't know be asking Les, but um, Les could be thinking about it while I'm asking you, but um, as um, on the podcast, we ask all our guests, what is your most memorable fish on the fly? So Seamus, take it away. Um, it's a classic.
0: I, I, this, uh,
2: my, I, I thought about this today
0: and you know under my head i thought he might ask me this question so <laughs> i'm gonna name him Alcom Hamill uh great fisherman and he was getting married and he said you're coming they're coming to stag na- neighbor thing we're going to glasgow and i thought no i don't do, <laughs> I don't do that sort of thing I i had to had a you know nicely refused and I says no i can't do that and he says i'll tell you what how about me and you? Because we work together. We'll take a half day in the fin. And uh, I said, yeah, we'll do that. So we booked it for, for I was Thursday, the, I did actually, we put the date down just to just to be, yep, June, June the 6th, 2019. So we had booked the, 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 the beat on the, on the fin, the graveyard. You ever on the graveyard in the fin? You no,
2: know, I've actually never fished the fin. I've only looked over at different bridges. As every fisherman does. <laughs>
0: I never actually fished a graveyard beat. So we booked it anyway, uh, in a, maybe a week in advance. And the night before, there was a massive big flood. And we had to work that, that morning, that Thursday morning. And uh, I checked the gauge, and it was massive flood. I was on the six o'clock. An hour and a half later, I looked at it again. And I think the water had dropped maybe a foot and a half. And then I started calculating out. We were on half day from two o'clock to, to dark. <laughs> I started calculating so so on the graveyard, I was told two and a half to three foot is perfect. So I started doing my calculations and I said to him, I said, Awcam, oh, there's a chance here we could hit this just perfect. Two o'clock, this thing could be sitting at three, at three foot. And I just, just clocked down that and, and we, we we drove up the road, got got to the thin and the two guys were on in the morning session, got nothing because the water's too high. And just as we stepped in and for two o'clock, it was three foot and I stepped into the graveyard, Alkin says, I'm going up to the Ivy Bridge to fish the V," And both of us had never fished this beat before. So I thought, well, this is the graveyard. I step in here and I didn't even know where to get in that. Went up anyway, got into the river and come down and started fishing. And quite a, quite a push of water on. But I walked down maybe 50, 60 yards and next thing, down into a hole. And with the power of the water, you know, it, 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 maybe a hole about six foot sort of wide, but it washed me, it, it pushed me across it. I thought, God, that, that I've since learned that if you step out another six foot, you miss this hole. You know, so once I told people about this, if I had a stood on out into the river, I would have been uh I would have been it. But I was uh fishing a Calvin shrimp that I tied myself, tube fly on uh, a single single hook, and next thing into this fish. And this thing just took off, Tom. Uh down the river, and just this froth on top of the water, unbelievable. And half an hour of absolute agony because I was fighting the fish. And then I had one of them big McLean way nets. And every time I got the fish right to my feet, and I thought it was a big bar of silver, and uh, got it right in beside me. And I was in way, way over my chest, right up deep. And every time I put I put the net in, Tom, the power of the water was washing the net away. I couldn't even hold it. So eventually I got the fish over the net three or four times and said to myself, gonna lose this fish i i, I said i'm gonna lose it i don't deserve to get this fish but eventually i got it got it into the net and it was, it was a 15 pound salmon and it was uh, it was on oh my god i couldn't believe it and uh i just i just sat and watched it in the net and videoed it in the net managed to set my phone on the riverbank got a, got a photograph of it and away he went and you know it, it was that that was definitely my, my best memory um you'll never forget that one 10 minutes later I got another one, I about £7. And uh, then uh, Algon come down, and I told him the whole story. And just like my mate earlier on was telling you about in the boat, whenever Alcum was telling Alcum the story, he got nothing. And I could see his face just changing. You know, that, that face of, I hit you. <laughs> you know, and we had an hour and a half journey, <laughs> an a half journey back I, there. I,
2: I couldn't, no, I couldn't believe that another fisherman would do that uh, to another fisherman. So, no, 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 I I don't know. <laughs> an hour, hour awesome. a half journey I down
0: quite, it wasn't much staying the way home. But I think after about seven months we started talking again. <laughs> and now, now we can laugh about it. So um, yeah. well, that's, that's certainly my... Seven months. Seven months. He got over it surprisingly I, quick. He got over it the seven months. Uh, <laughs> so when you catch a fish, a fly you've tied yourself, it makes it tw- tw- twice as good.
2: There's something about it. There is yeah, something about, about
0: it. The has now been retired. It's in a wee box of his own. Just in yeah,
2: case. <laughs> you want to put it in a frame now and put it up on the wall.
0: Well, I actually got that photograph nicely done up, and I meant to put the, I meant to put everything up, just haven't got around that yet. But, but if you're you I'll, I'll put, you send Alkan on the link, and he'll it, get a mention. They'll be laughing at, it at this point. Yeah.
2: <laughs> good
1: man, good man. So, Les, you've had time to think. My best fish has to be the one, the first fish I ever caught. Yeah. As a child, uh, I was very competitive with my uh, younger brother and he uh, and i stayed with my grandmother on the mighty d uh, in oh. Franklin. This there's yeah. there's a rapid se- several sets of rapids coming through the through the the town and um there's a huge run of salmon and they're spectacular i mean there's just raining salmon but in the wrong direction going up up the uh, uh, this mighty rapids And so um, we'd seen a few of these and my brother said, I am going to get the official fishing gear. And (laughs) he went to a shop and he bought all this fishing gear and he set off to uh, uh, fish himself a salmon. And um, uh, we chose a spot at the bottom of the uh, the rapids uh, in an old mill race uh, and near, near an old mill and it, it had been taken over by a leather working um, company and there were maggots everywhere um, sheepskins and cattle skins and heaven only knows what it stunk to higher heaven and I think it was quite attractive to the fish actually because when, when where the water was ponding um, there seemed to be a lot of activity anyway my brother couldn't catch a fish with his great gear. And I went down to see him, give him a bit of support and, um, or just to laugh at him. I forget which, but then, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I got the, uh, a, 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 a little piece of, uh, um, nylon, uh, uh fishing line. And I pulled it in There's a hook on the end. And I found a stick and I found a worm and a couple of those maggoty grub things. And, uh, uh, basically, just threw it in the pool, and there was about ten seconds, and then, monk I got a fish, <laughs> and the joy that that gave me, I can't describe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we spoke it's about brilliant. it, because, yeah, yeah. The the um, uh, uh, just that connection with the uh, the water and the fish and the maggots and the and the world. You never forgotten. Tell me this. Did your brother not talk to you for
2: seven months? <laughs>
1: no, no. no, no, We, we used to talk to all the time. Uh, you know that once an hour says you you
2: didn't you didn't need the fish for that.
1: No, I didn't need the fish. No, 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 it was, but it, it it was a wonderful day, and you know it really taught me, um, the uh, about the. Uh, the, the 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 total peace and relaxation that you can get just by listening to the roar mm. of the water, yeah. watching the salmon leaping, and um, just getting involved with with nature—it was fantastic. I, I love that place.
2: Yeah, it's something special, all right. It really is, and yeah. you haven't forgotten it,
1: guys. That's great. Really good
2: to have you on. Thanks, William. Thanks so much for joining us here, and uh, just want to get this across to everybody and to let more people be aware of it let's hope that something starts now and we can start reversing what has happened to it
1: thank you tom hi tom
2: our thanks to dr les gornall and seamus donnelly for joining us on the show don't forget to rate review and follow the Ireland on the fly podcast on apple spotify or wherever you get your podcast from